Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pat's Creative Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest joining me, none other than, is it the Cartoon Gamer or just Cartoon Gamer 800? Uh, either or, like, well, 8,000, but 8, 000, I just ah. go by. That's okay. I just go by the Cartoon Gamer or Cartoon Gamer. Either one is fine. Gotcha. Well, either way, you're here now. Would you care to introduce yourself to everybody out there? Uh, sure, why not? Uh, well, my, my name is Malik. I go online by the Cartoon Gamer. I make videos, I do voiceover, I do art, and all that creative stuff. And I, I've been doing that for quite a while now. And yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm just another guy amidst a sea of people who do that kind of thing. Well, aren't we all just another guy admits a C, right? But at the very least, well, of course. a guy is still a guy, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a person behind it and thoughts and ideas and plenty of creations to back it up, right? Um, how mm-hmm. I kind of discovered you was uh, I've, I've definitely seen your name around primarily from watching Digino Gaming quite a bit because you've done quite a few voiceovers for them, um, but also mm-hmm. just from seeing some of your reviews uh, like uh, a little bit more recent one, but the, the SpongeBob rehydrated game. Um, mm-hmm. I was watching that one, and and one of the things that always stands out, both in your works and when you appear on other people's, is that your narration is just impeccable. It's uh, it's it's you somehow are able to very contr- very much in control the tonality of your voice and and able to articulate yourself with the proper words. And I always appreciate that because um, it's it's not something that's just easy to do, right? Um, mm-hmm. And even just that's things very like kind. yeah, well, I, you you always manage to make your voice still interesting regardless of the sentence you're saying and uh you know sometimes you watch videos where you can you can you can basically you notice when the narration is not up to par and seen as someone mm-hmm. who goes even further than par and just a great level of narration i, I have a mad appreciation for uh, especially because i do so many podcasts like this and every time I, when i re-listen to it i think man the tonality of my voice is so off or something like that right so uh hearing mm-hmm. someone do it well is always appreciative um, and I think that might be just a good place to start, which is just um, what you obviously uh, carry a, a, a large level of fascination for uh, voice acting and, and narrating. Even if you're not voice acting in the character kind of sense, you're still pronouncing, right? You're still articulating into a microphone. Um, mm-hmm. How long have you been interested in that style of, of uh, creating, basically? Like, how long have you been interested in narration specifically? Um, well, let's see. So, like, you might not believe it, but I was always a really shy kid. Like, I recently just did, like, a... I talked to an old teacher of mine from middle school, and I showed all the kids in the class uh, one of my videos and talked about uh, just the content that I make. And my teacher, she was like, oh, I remember when you were always in, like, the back of the corner of the room of the school just toiling away at your drawings and just you know keeping to yourself and honestly that's kind of how I am today but when I'm behind a microphone I I'm, I'm able to just articulate and just I'm like a completely different person or rather the person that I feel like on the inside and just let right. let that person out but yeah narration has always been something like I guess it just goes back to like uh voiceover and Again, I was always really shy, but I always, like, recited things that I saw on television, or I would uh, memorize promos and commercials, infomercials, and things like that. I had, uh, 
let's see, I had Sound Recorder on my old computer back in like uh, when I was five years old, circa 2000, and I would just had a really crappy desktop microphone, and I would just uh, say whatever was uh, in my head, and it had like a three minute limit on what you could say, and I would just uh, garble and just talk yeah. whatever I could think about at right. that moment in time. So I guess that's where it started, and yeah. Well then, I I so I I kind of had something similar where I'm I'm still relatively, I it's hard to say shy, but I guess just uh, more withholding, a little bit less uh, social in most public situations. But I what I definitely found was uh, before I started recording anything on YouTube or just recording anything offline as well, um, that I I was particularly worse at holding up conversations with other people. And I'm curious if you found that. Uh, your interest in narrating if that has helped you in social situations as well like do you find that because you can articulate yourself so well on a microphone now that you're almost better at articulating yourself in uh, social situations in addition to that um it depends like sometimes if I have like like it depends on if the conversation that I'm having with somebody is like something I'm interested in sure like uh if I can, yeah, like, if we're talking about, like, a video game or animation or something like that, I can go on and on, and it, it's it's really hard to shut me up sometimes, and I know it, everybody else knows it, but uh, when it comes to things, I don't know, maybe something more political or something that's very heavy-handed or has a related and controversial things and things like that, I'm usually pretty quiet, and I don't really speak up unless I have something to say, and even then it's just like, Oh yeah, I, this is how I feel about this, but I really don't want to get further into that. So I can hold a conversation, but I would say that narration did help me uh, be a lot more social. But right. yeah, again, it depends. And do you find that your conversations are typically more interest-based in general, as opposed to kind of um, just personality-based? Like, uh, how much of your conversation revolves around things that you're interested in versus uh, just... Um, I guess how you say short-term conversation or uh, uh, talking about feelings or other people's feelings or, or things like that. Like what, what's the balance there? Do you think in your typical day to day? I'd say it's uh 50, 50 when it comes to interest related conversations versus just like day to day things like how you doing? How's your day at work? Or how's this going with this person? But uh, yeah, again, for, for more interest based stuff, I guess it just comes a lot more naturally to me. Right. Yeah. Well, I, comfortable. I, I find that interesting because it's 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 definitely doing the, the act of recording and finding out how to articulate myself on specific interests over the Internet um, really then transferred over to helping me just uh, find out how to articulate myself in a more personal sense to those around me. Um, so I, I was kind of I, I'm, I'm kind of thankful for that. Right. Uh, the fact that it's kind of helped both hands. Um but while we're on the topic of narration, I was also curious, and this is something I talk to a lot of my guests about, but, um, you know, because you do a lot of scripted work, but also unscripted work, do you find it um, easier to get your point across when you have a, a script in, uh, that you're narrating? Or do you find it easier to um, basically talk more freeform like this? Like, which way do you think you can articulate yourself better if there's any difference at all? Um, again, well, let's see. Uh you know, maybe maybe this would have helped if I did have a script. Like, I I think I do a little better with a script, but yeah, like, because uh, I, I do a lot of, I, I try to improvise a bit 
when uh when i don't have a script or if i just want to go a little bit more free form but right i really do like using scripts i just like being creative with uh just thinking about like oh i would say this this way or i would say things that way but yeah there are a lot of times where i don't have a script and i can just think of like uh weird things like just off the top of my head that probably wouldn't uh wouldn't have happened otherwise right there's like a, an underlying level of magic that's hard to tap into when you do use a script, even if you do uh, articulate yourself perfectly fine with a script, right? There's like this certain yeah. sense of just um, uh, wit or something like that, that it's, it's hard to translate that into such a uh, post-written form. But um, so uh, what about when you're narrating other people's work? Like, let's say when you're uh, doing voiceovers for digital gaming, do you find... Uh, that like using someone else's words and then speaking it is that still something that you feel um almost like attached enough do you feel like you're articulating properly when you're using someone else's words if that makes any sense because sometimes when i read other people's stuff out loud it feels like i know what this is supposed to mean but i'm more conscious about what i'm saying and not the content of what's being said right um like right Right, or you could take this anywhere he want. I guess that's I'm making it more complicated than it needs to be. But just um, how does narrating for other people differ from narrating for yourself, basically? Well, for digital gaming, that's the funny thing because for every video that I have narrated on digital gaming, I also wrote, researched, oh, okay. and uh, pretty much everything else. I mean, I did get outside help from Shane, and he does like the final, like he just looks over everything and makes sure it's like okay, that's good, or maybe make some changes here, but. Yeah, the stuff that I have edited, no, the stuff that I have narrated has pretty much 90% been my own stuff, but in terms of, like, I did, like, a collaboration with somebody, and uh, their writing style was different to mine, but mm -hmm. they did a thing where it's like, does this sound natural to you? If this doesn't sound like something that you would say, you can, you're free to improvise a little bit right. to make it sound like something that you would say, but I guess is it, it doesn't feel too weird, because... I mean, as an actor, I mean, you're you're bound to uh, just uh, listen. Hold, <laughs> you see, I know what I'm trying to say, but uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I think yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. It's like uh, you, you're you're bound to the form of which you speak anyway, so you're already prone to just focusing in on on how you sound as opposed to what you're actually saying. Yeah, that sounds much better than what I was trying to articulate. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Um, and uh, uh, do, I, I wasn't aware that you were also doing a lot of the research for those uh, videos you did with Digino Gaming. Is is researching something you enjoy? Like, do you uh, like picking apart things of history and bringing it to the forefront? Or do you find that just to be a necessar necessary hindrance to, um, to get your thoughts out there? Oh, no, I love it. Because uh, my family will be able to tell you that whenever I looked up stuff on, like, wikipedia or in ca the case of pokemon like bulbapedia when it was like when i found interesting things about like pokemon or something from a nature documentary i'd be like hey guys did you know about this and this and this and this and i just go on and on about this kind of stuff so when i do research and then i find something that really interests me i always go like wow i can't wait to share this with like everybody else who doesn't know about right. this this is going to be so cool so i really like researching things and then finding out about stuff and then i always try to look for 
like interest the most interesting stories and then try and reword it and then re yeah just put it into the video yeah. in like a really interesting way so i love research right it does it almost feel like collaborative to you because you're you're finding source material out there and then finding a way to present it it because like i i kind of picture it as almost a, a two-man job essentially right of the, the person presenting the facts and you're like okay how do i put this in a digestible format in the form of video right like do you get a sense of almost cooperation with researchers when you do that or it, do you think it's mostly just a a an exercise in, of uh being able to translate uh history into meaning basically um so when it comes to collaborating with other researchers i i don't Actually, I think I did do that for like, uh, we did a Digino Gaming on canceled Game Boy Advance games where me and Shane basically put the video together. I found like, I researched 60 games and did all the research for that and then Shane did the other ones. But uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it's kind of cool how we just, we collaborate that way and then try to find a fun way to put it all together. Cause sometimes like uh, for that video, I, did my things and then Shane put them into like various genres it's like this game goes here and then this game goes there so it was it was interesting to see where my stuff would line up with his stuff and our the various writing styles not clash because clash kind of sounds bad but it's like okay so here's what this sounds like and then this is what this sounds like right. and uh when I do like I, I have a lot of creative freedom when it comes to uh, researching, so I'll try and make like a sly pun or a dumb joke to like lead into uh, a certain game for like a cool transition or something right. funny and memorable. And I always try to say, it's like, hey, did you did you know who uh, wrote this bit? Can you tell? <laughs> something right. like that. So not necessarily clashing, but almost weaving together to find the best of both styles. Basically, that's what, yeah. Uh, somehow it works. Yeah, well, it works out great. I mean, the, the videos always turn out well. And, um, you know, I, I don't mean to stay on narration forever, but I, I did kind of have another question I wanted to ask. Um, and mm -hmm. that's that I, I, I don't mean to phrase this question as uh, why you don't typically use uh, camera work in your videos, but instead more, um, have you found that not using camera work almost benefits the strength of your narration either because uh, you don't have to worry about things like looking at a camera or because... Uh, people are now focusing more on what you're saying as opposed to everything else that's visually happening. Um, have you found any like positives to not using a camera in your narration? Well, one of the first positives is that I don't have to do up my hair. So uh, that's pretty nice. That's and, gotta be uh, the highest of the positives right there. <laughs> I hate doing it. Absolutely. Hair. And I mean, my hair is pretty short, so, but still, I, I mean, I grew out once when I was like 10, 10 years ago and it looked really cool, but hair is a pain to keep just to yeah. maintain i was like just just cut it all off I, but oh sorry no, i was just gonna, i was making a dumb joke i was just gonna say i wish that when we were born that we would get a form and there'd be a checkbox on it and says would you like to keep one hairstyle for the rest of your life so you never have to maintain it i would check that instantly i'd be like yes i don't care what <laughs> hairstyle it is i just don't want to mess with it anymore anyway sorry yeah. just dumb joke no Continue. no that's okay no i i do the same thing too but uh yeah i feel like like what you said sounds really good, but for me, narration, I just, the reason I don't show my face is, uh, well, I just like the privacy of just, uh, keeping my face separate from everything. And, uh, you know, like everyone is online nowadays. I want to try and keep that separate from my online personality, even though my online personality is pretty much just me, 
but sure. I like it so that my face isn't plastered everywhere. And then it's really cool on the off chance that I go somewhere and somebody recognizes my voice and then they're like, wait, that was you? I, I didn't I didn't put two. I never right. thought that voice came out of so-and-so or something like right. that. And, and that kind of connects to just the fascination with voice actors in general, right? Because uh, so many yeah. times you'll see what the actual voice actor looks like and you're like, oh, that's crazy. So you almost find it, it more exciting in a sense to not show your face. <laughs> yeah, a little bit where it's yeah. like, ah, oh, they have no idea what I look like. And no, sure. not a lot of people ask. It's like, hey, can you show us your face? But it's always I, I always wonder if people think it's like, what does this guy look like? But it's, I'm, I'm happy to say that no one has like gone out of their way to try and uh, plaster my face somewhere. Sure. <laughs> well, and you know, the, um, I, I, I've heard some creators say that it would, it would kind of ruin the magic too, right? Of to, to not have your imagination wonder as to what it kind of looks like. It almost adds a, a second level of interest to the videos themselves, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I just found that, like, I, I didn't always work with the webcam and I used to do podcasts uh, more audio driven. And um, I, it just felt like a whole nother ballpark when I had the camera set up in front of me, because if suddenly I'm worried about like, oh, the camera's looking at me. I got to make eye contact with the camera. What's eye contact if there's no eyes? I don't know. But then the guests are like on the actual screen and stuff. And I find that it, it, it sometime at first was very much halting my speech and I would get through things a lot less effectively. Um, and I would always think like, you know, maybe I should just cut out the cameras because I feel like I can talk pretty normally without it. But eventually I think I got the hang of it basically. Um, so that's kind of why I asked just because I find that, uh, narration without a camera almost strengthens what I say. Um, and also it's just a matter of what people end up focusing on. Right. Um, yeah. You're mentioning the hair thing. What if I come in with really, really bad hair, right? Even that, mm -hmm. though that's my prerogative and, and nobody really actually cares that I have bad hair, that's still just going to be more information that they are processing as they're watching and could mm -hmm. inadvertently take attention away from what I'm actually saying. So it kind of becomes like this strange issue. It's like, okay, if I'm going to do camera, I have to do good camera etiquette. And it's all just adds way too much into what I'm thinking about when I'm just trying to speak words, right? The whole point of the podcast is to speak words, but that's a mini tangent. I just wanted to kind of explain where <laughs> that came from. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention uh, about all this other st uh, narration stuff before we move on or? Uh, well, I, I was just going to say that uh, I was thinking about like showing my face when I first started off, but I didn't have re any really good webcam. So mm. I just staved off of it for the time. But then after a while, I was like, you know what? This is a lot. This is less stressful than just trying to find a camera, a good quality camera right. and putting my face out there and then looking back at old videos like man this is what i looked like back then or it's like oh man this lighting is terrible or blah 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 so right. that's just one thing personally for me that i just don't have to worry about and like you said it it's it makes things just makes people focus more on the narration it's, it's not sure. taken away from stuff yeah definitely well and um you know i i, I do think there's i i think the there's something to be said about the the point you're making about voice acting how it's like there is that level of excitement of not understanding the face behind it. And, uh, you know, your channel does carry a very like exciting tone with it. Right. Uh, just through different <laughs> narrations that you do. And, uh, the, the way you have your own character, which the audience can see, I can't actually see the character right now, but the audience can see that you actually have a character. Um, and I guess that might be kind of an interesting question. Uh, where, where, where does this character come from? Like what's your history with making original characters and, personifying them basically like uh how did you kind of get involved with that basically 
Okay, so in the case of uh, my profile picture, it basically started out with, uh, so there was a Pokemon episode where the main character, Ash Ketchum, gets turned into a Pikachu at the end of an episode because of some girl that's like using magic, and everyone thought that was really cool. It was called Ashichu, and then by the beginning of the next episode, Ash got turned back into a regular human being by the end, but that was my first profile picture, just Pikachu mixed with Ash and uh, his, Ash's hat, and then... After a while, I kind of tried to personify it a bit more. It was still an Ashichu-looking character. And then after a while, I kind of... Let's see. I, I... Let's see. I changed up his clothes, clothing to make it so that he looked more like uh, gold from uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver, which I actually have a cosplay of. So that was also kind of an inspiration. And then, yeah, I just modified it a bit more to make it look more like a stylized Pikachu character and right. that's basically where that came from so but i've been making characters for years and and so you you don't really necessarily like you wouldn't consider the character of your profile picture necessarily an original character like um that's not the definitive like artist rendition of yourself basically uh no i th that's still a pikachu but it's a very stylized pikachu sure that that's what i would say gotcha and do you um do you do you uh uh make like do you still make characters often today? Do you find like do you do you do commissions at all? Like uh what to what extent do you do digital art today? Oh, I still do a heck of a lot of art. Like I'm crazy about characters. Like one of the things that I want to do is uh I want to make my own animated series someday. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but everybody has their own way of going about it and I'm gonna find my own way to do so like I'm, I was just thinking about it the other day I was just drawing up some new characters like these biker chick characters that I just thought wouldn't it be cool if these guys were like part of a gang and uh, I just started drawing stuff and I'm still finalizing some designs and it's like oh I want to add one more I want to add like a big one I want to add like a skinny one I want to add like the leader that's really tough and I want to see like inspirations what would they sound like uh what characters am i really like really liking in like media right now and but yeah i've been making characters my entire first maybe in terms of like original stuff i i guess um at least for the last uh 15 16 years but i like to think i've gotten pretty okay at it within right. the 2010s or so right and uh in, in this uh, animated series idea what role do you think you would play in that ideally like would you just kind of oversee everything are you interested enough in animation to animate it yourself uh, I, would you want just the, the voice acting position or something like that right like what to what extent do you think your role would be in this animated series now when I was younger and a lot more naive than I am today I thought it's like oh I want to have control over everything, everything I want to make right. sure this is this and this is that and I want to make sure I do this and I want to make sure I have the, the, a hand in this pot and all that stuff but uh, I, I, I recognize now that animation is a collaborative effort <laughs> alongside many other things right. and I can't be in a million places at once but uh, realistically I would want to be involved in like story, artwork, maybe boarding, and voiceover. Heck yeah, I would want to be like at least one of the main characters and do some background characters here. As many right. as I can do. And yeah, bring in some talent, of course. But yeah, I, I love voiceover and 
yeah, I would... In terms of animation, I know that's more of a thing like overseas and things like that, but I would probably right. be the guy to be like, no, I want it to look like this. I want it to move like this. Or it's like, here's the kind of weight that I'm going for with like, when this right. character slams into a wall, it needs to have this kind of weight to it. But what you're doing is like, just just punch it up a little bit more. One of those director guys or producer guys. So I'd like to be heavily involved, but not everything. Right. And and you said uh, even like narrative building and stuff, you'd be interested in that part. Like, do you have experience in, um, or do you, do you have interest in narrative building basically? So just like world building and stories and yeah, stories and things I guess, like that. Yeah, like because um, uh, I, I'm I'm just I guess I'm curious like what what part of this animated series that you're most attached to basically. Like, would you say it's it's mostly the the characters themselves or it's the the, the narrative with the characters or it's the animation? Like, what do you think would be the, the what what what's the biggest interest of that? Um, I guess for me it is it's sort of a mix of the characters and yeah the world building and the overall design when it comes to backgrounds i'm not terribly great at it but i love like characters and like thinking right. of what settings i could put them in and all these different backstories with them it's like okay this character she's probably uh she's probably from like a tough background but she has right. like a cute little teddy bear and nobody but her closest friends really know about this and anybody outside of that circle of friends will probably die something like that right. but yeah i just love thinking of new characters and thinking of like uh just having conversations with people or hearing things on the radio or television those are great inspirations for like new characters and situations and it's like i like this personality trait and i also like this personality trait i'm gonna see if i can adapt this to this character and then see what comes out of that and then maybe this voice will work for them i really like this right. actor or something like that so so kind of like just the connectivity between everything finding ways to draw lines between uh, giving giving cause and effect to every detail that's added both in design but also in just personality within the characters right yeah yeah well that's pretty cool i mean um i you know i've got next to zero experience with animated series and how they're all operated um i only took that's like okay me too okay <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I only took a few um i took a few like 3d animated classes or whatnot and i i like learned through that i was like oh i don't think animation is for me it, it wasn't it just wasn't much as much, um, I guess, articulation, which what I find myself more interested with. And I guess the, the gratification of doing a podcast and then hearing it over and having that kind of be it uh, won me over over the a lot of time and effort they had to put into animation, right? Maybe I'm just mm -hmm. trying to say I'm lazy. I don't know. But I have, <laughs> because I took those classes, I have mad appreciation for those who are able to do it. And um, every time I have someone involved with animation on the show, I'm, I'm always fascinated because it's just... It's a field that feels so untouchable to me, but is so, you know, I, I recognize the work that goes into it. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of change gears a little bit. Um, uh, a question I wanted to ask is that, you, you know, you you often, I, I don't, maybe you could help me with a timeline on this, but um, you've been interviewing uh, voice actors on your channel. And I don't, I don't, for how long have you been doing that for starters? Uh, so I started that in uh, 2018. I, I just wanted to do for, uh, I have a series called Pokemonth where, yeah, I do Pokemon related videos every June. And 
I just decided to change things up a bit for 2018. It was like, wouldn't it be cool if I got to interview the original voice of Professor Oak from Pokemon? And then after that, I was like, I wonder if I could do it again with somebody else. And then that just kept going. And just most recently, I just did one with another voice actor, uh, David Will. So that's uh, my fourth one consecutive. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is, I, and you're getting um, the guests are very interesting, the ones that you're bringing on. Uh, but this this is also <laughs> one of the first times where I I've uh, interviewed someone who also has a decent amount of experience with interviewing other guests. Uh, so I want to take advantage of that and ask you a question, which is just, what are some of these struggles and annoyances of interviewing people? Like, what what has been some of the um, frustrating parts of interviewing? And I'm not just asking because. I need to sympathize uh, with someone who understands. Um, <laughs> and I'm also asking just because I'm genuinely interested. Like, what are some of the the struggles of, of interviewing people, basically? Uh, well, I guess one, because I've never really had too many issues personally. But, uh, maybe scheduling is probably the biggest one where it's like, usually I'm pretty open for whatever, but I think... I always get jitters when I ask somebody, it's like, hey, I got this thing, and uh, would you like to be a part of it? Yeah. And then when the day gets closer and closer, it's like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm actually getting to sit down and talk with this person. Yeah. And, like, when they reply, and it's like, oh, man, I hope I I find a good day where I can just sit down and chat with them. Hopefully nothing happens in between then, because there's there's another actor that I really want to talk to but uh, it keeps getting pushed back. They're still interested in doing it, but I just sent them another message today, and it's like, well, I hope they get it. I hope they see it. I hope they reply, and I hope they're not bothered by me. I always say that. It's (laughs) like, hey, here I am again. Just hope I'm not bothering you. Just wondering if you'd still like to uh, do an interview with me, but the last time I asked was like four months ago, but I don't want to be a pain but at the same time i also don't want to wait because you know anything could happen to like this person could like just fall off the face of the planet uh pass away or anything but it's like no i don't i don't want to wait because yeah anything could happen and i'll regret it for the rest of my life if something (laughs) does happen it's like i should have asked sooner yeah (laughs) absolutely so much of what you said just very much resonates uh just the thought of like i I want to make sure that we have this solidified, but also I do not want to bother you and make me be like, stop talking to me. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. there's always just that worry of like, I, I, you, you absolutely do not want to be a bother to somebody, but also um, you have to message more in order to get things like worked out. Um, there, there's a one or two guests that I had on that almost didn't happen just because, um, you know, I, I interview a lot of artists, right? One thing that's relatively common with a lot of artists is that they're not always the most punctual, right? Um, So I've had quite a few guests uh, where it just almost didn't solidify just because um, there there was no response for quite a while or something. And I ultimately had to keep, like, pestering them in order to get it to happen. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if they they say they want to do it, that usually means they do want to do it. It's just like it just hurts to sometimes send that extra email, you know, like, uh, just send this one more time, just bumping this real quick, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I agree that I like the scheduling is probably the, the toughest part of the whole thing. Um, I'm curious now, what are some of your, uh, highlights of it? Like, what do you think has been the best part of being able to interview these people? Is it, uh, talking to people you've been watching for a long time? Is it, uh, learning so many things from what they say? What do you think is the biggest part of it? Uh, I think one of the coolest bits is, uh, like you just mentioned, like just hearing their stories and then 
just learning more about who these guys are as just people alongside the fact that, hey, when I was six years old, I was listening to you talk about this stuff on Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, and now I'm like 20-something years older, and I'm still doing that, but at the right. same time, I'm getting to know you on a more personal level. Like uh, when I spoke with uh, Oliver Wyman, uh, that was one of my favorite interviews that we that I've done so far because we just just diverted and just started talking about like Batman and Superman and our favorite video games. Like the first thing that uh, Ollie asked me before we started interviewing, it's like, I saw your channel and you love video games, dude. What are some of your favorite video games? And I'm like, Oh my goodness, that is so cool. (laughs) And then we just went on for like two hours about like, if we weren't talking about his voiceover stuff and reminiscing about things, we were just chatting about like, what was your favorite DC movie that came out recently? Or it's like, what did you think about Batman Beyond? So I always tried to uh, add a bit more of a personal side to uh, the interviews where it's like, oh, we can talk about this, but we we can also talk about your other things and other interests and things like that. And just recently, like, uh, Ollie was doing like a stream on Twitch and I just wanted to pop in to say hello. And it's like, hey, it's Malik. It's like, oh my goodness, that is so cool. (laughs) I'm hoping we can do another interview because... The mic, the mic quality wasn't too great, but I've gotten better at it now. But sure. I'd love to do another interview with him and m- many other people in the future too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, there's some where when I had them on the show, it was just it was super clear that it was like, oh, this is this is something that has to happen again. You know, there's just sometimes there's that that level of like, oh, we were just getting started. We got to do another show at some point. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm curious to what extent do you usually prepare for your interviews? Like, uh, what level of questions preparing do you have? Do you, do you do any research? Like, uh, how do you kind of go into interviewing someone? So when it comes to interviewing someone, I always get like the, the basic stuff right off the bat. Like I just write down what I can think of at the time when it's like, uh, what, how did you get started in voiceover? What was your role in this? Or what did you think about this role? Or, uh just general things like that. If they were in a show or something that I really resonated with or really enjoyed, I always try to bring that up. I always try to think of like really obscure questions. And I know that not everyone might remember the stuff that they did because they've done a lot and it's been a long time for right. a lot of these shows. But I always try to cover my bases and it's, and maybe when it came to, when I spoke to Mark Thompson, I talked about Ultimate Muscle and uh, I was like, you know, I haven't seen Ultimate Muscle in quite some time, so I'm going to rewatch the first three episodes and refresh myself on this and uh, patch things up maybe where things might not have, where Mark might have forgotten something or another actor where it's like, oh, you played this character. Do you remember this voice? And I tried to uh, jog their memory on a couple of things. And right. yeah, I just try to do research in areas that interest me and I would think would interest them and the audience as a whole and do so, you yeah do you find that the like because i i will sometimes prepare like a whole bunch i will write down like a ton of questions and you know have so much in the back of my brain and then by the end of the podcast i will only ask like three of those questions because the guest will bring up something that's far more interesting than what i was going to say right so <laughs> then i kind of build off that like uh does, does the podcast just ever go places you would not expect entirely like do you find yourself with a surplus of plans or questions like afterwards or oh yeah like i'll always have something planned but then 
usually something will go in a direction I had no idea it was going to go, or it might transition, like, a question I might have for later will get brought up, like, a lot earlier because this person said this about this, so it's like, okay, I guess we're going to talk about this now, or if... If it's just we're like I said when we talked with uh, Oliver Wyman and we just started talking about like DC and stuff, I wasn't prepared for that. Sure, but I, was I wasn't like, in the script. Thank goodness, thank goodness. Uh, I know a couple of things about Batman and yeah. video games and here and there, but uh, it's always interesting. So it's like, yeah, whenever I go in with a plan, it's all it's never one hundred percent what I'm expecting, and even with all the questions that I have. I try to get like the most pressing questions that I can. If if we're pressed for time, I always try to get the most pressing questions like out there. Right. So it's like if there's something mysterious that I've wanted to know for a long time, we can just get that out of the way first and then all that fluff about it's like, "Oh yeah, how did you feel about this character in Yu-Gi-Oh?" It's like, "Okay, that's not as important as what I really want to ask right here and now." Right. Definitely. And um uh you know, it's it's I think ultimately when the guest brings up something that you didn't have written down, it means that the guest is typically more interested in what they bring up than what you originally had. So if the guest is more interested, then it's probably going to be a more interesting show typically. Right. Um, so oh, yeah. I always just listen for like little tidbits and try to jump off that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's like, oh, man, I, I there's a lot of good questions here. Like I didn't get around to. But maybe that's why it's always a part two might be possible in the future. Right. Um, Absolutely. One similar thing was when I talked to uh, N-Freak, or Naveed as he goes by now. Um, he he briefly mentioned just photography, and it turns out that we were both incredibly interested in photography. So we went on a whole tangent just talking about uh, manual versus auto and um, you know just capturing a moment in time and stuff. So there's always just those fun little tidbits where it's like, oh, I'm way glad. Like, you, you can't always prepare for a more interesting topic than what you originally prepared anyway. So when it comes up, it's always great, basically. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I don't mean to stay on, uh, interviewing specifically whenever, obviously I have a little bit of a bias because I'm really interested in interviewing. Um, but of oh. course, interviewing people is just one part of many things that you do. Another thing that you do a lot is, uh, game reviewing or kind of game analytical t- discussion. Um, and this is kind of a common question I like to ask, but just, uh, which part of making a game review or like top 10 or something like that, uh, which part aspect of that do you enjoy doing the most? Like, do you find you are very attached to uh, reading out the script, writing the script, editing, playing the games? Like, what do you think uh, piques your interest the most with those videos? Hmm, let's see. Because, again, there's a lot of factors to it. But uh, I'd say one of my favorite bits is uh, getting to play the game and then just blurting out my thoughts in just like a Google document and just writing, just, just writing what I'm thinking about the game at the right. time. And yeah, I always I always get a rush just from doing that. It's just like, oh man, I want to bring up this, I want to bring up this, and then I'll just write out just a bunch of stuff, and then I'll format it later. But that's always my favorite part. My least favorite part is probably just the audio editing. But mm. the voiceover is also it's good. I I love doing voiceover, but I always have to like amp myself up pump myself up to do it because it's like okay this is going to take a while and i have to cut out some stuff and i have to do retakes and all that but uh yeah i would say my favorite part is just recording the game playing the game and then just writing my thoughts on it because i can do that whenever it's really relaxing right yeah it's like just a direct response kind of thing where because like i i do you do you ever feel that 
when you're playing a game and you're not like writing a review on it, do you ever find that like, oh, I, I got to get my thoughts out on this somehow, you know, like, do you, do you feel like almost an urge after you play a game to like, I got to, I got to tell somebody about this, right? Like, uh, yeah. And, and that might be why, you know, that initial rough drafting is, is so satisfying because it's just a release of like thoughts and exercises that you made in your head. And then you're like, okay, even if this script never turns into anything, at least that was fun, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, what about like editing though? Because you also um, you 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 consider yourself like an editor, right? That's another thing that you do as a profession. Oh yeah, I mean, most I've been doing a lot of editing for digital gaming. Still, even after I haven't been doing narration for a while, I've still been doing the editing for a lot of videos. Not all of them, but uh, I got a playlist where it's like, yeah, I did this and I did that. Right. But uh, and and yeah. do you enjoy that, or does that? Is that mostly just work to you? No, no. Editing is a lot of fun for me. Uh, let's see. Because uh, when it comes to like putting everything together and writing everything and then seeing it all come together as yeah. like a finished product, especially when music is backing it, it's like, okay, this sounds a lot better than what I thought it was. Because like, when I write a script and then I do the voiceover, sometimes I worry a bit too much where I think it's like, is this disjointed? Is right. what I'm making makes sense? Is this going to flow okay? But then when you put music behind it and then there's yeah. footage and everything, it's like, okay, this comes out a lot better. And I always get surprised when I see that. And when even when it's for work that I don't have as much of an attachment to, I always try to add my own little personal spin on it where it's like, ooh, I like this music. Like for the canceled uh, Game Boy Advance video, uh, like again, that one was... I I put a lot of myself into that one, but sure. I was like, I really like a lot of uh, music from rare rareware uh, games on Game Boy Advance. Yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of that in the background, and then people are like, "What is this music from? I've never heard it from from somewhere." Oh, it's like, "Oh, that's from a uh, Saber Wolf on the GBA." You're yeah. welcome. And that's what I like that, to do. What a what a powerful uh, trend start. What, whoever first started adding video game music to the background of videos, because that ended up being <laughs> such a treasure for so long. You know, oh it, yeah, great way of not only discovering new tracks, but also just uh, when when you hear like a niche track that you feel like only you would hear inside that video, and you're like, I know that track. I, I was watching yeah. um, Stop Skeletons from Fighting the other day, in, in which he included a random song, not only from Time Splitters Two, but also a uh, retro arcade game that was in Time Splitters Two called Anaconda. And I I hear it, and I'm like, I know that. I'm my my friends and I played that all the time growing up, and. Uh, it's just something, it adds just this whole new level of, of interest to the video. And as you're saying, when you're in the video editing process, it is just everything coming together. It's a culmination of so many different art forms that form into one singular cohesive piece. And I, I feel like there's few things more satisfying than that, you know? Yeah. And there was like, uh, to, to go off of like that music thing, uh, when we were talking about like a licensed game in that video and I was like, it's a really good licensed music that people don't know about. So I took a track from robots on the Game Boy Advance from the robots movie, you know, that one from like blue sky. Right. And, uh, it's got really good music and I didn't hear it until I was making that video. And then I see a comment and they say like at 30 minutes and 22 seconds, robots on GBA, let's go. <laughs> yeah. It always resonates with someone. There's always at least one person who like catches it and like, Oh, I know this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what makes it all worth it. Right. I mean, for all we know, oh, that yeah. track might be, uh, better than the entire movie. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, robots I say that all right, on very, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, 
I should say I've not seen it in forever. I, I shouldn't be too harsh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, uh, so in general, like if you had to break down your, your art in your video game reviews specifically, would you say your art is that conception that coming up with um, why you feel attached to this game or disattached to a game? Like, is that the, the making of art for you basically? Or do you think only when it's all together, do you really kind of see it as your creation? Um, so let's see that that's very inter That's a very interesting question because like when I make a video on something, I always try to make it unique to me. Like when I made my SpongeBob rehydrated review, I knew there were going to be like a million reviews of that. And I wasn't even going into the game game planning to make a review on it, but I felt so strongly about what I played that I felt I just had to get something out, especially since other people were not bringing up the problems that were plaguing my experience. Right. Or when I did a video on Blast Core, I was like, nobody talks about Blast Core. And I must, I played the game a year before I made the video. And even a year later, I still felt passionate about talking about Blast Core. So I was like, I'm going to make a video on this right now. It's probably not going to get a lot of views and it's not the hottest like rare game ever but it's still awesome and no one else seems to be chatting about it right now so i'm gonna do something and i really have to let other people know what this game right. is about i uh uh i i've ha heard some guests say that like once their idea is made they want it out of their head like they that that's considered the art to them and they're like whatever whatever editing funnel that goes into then that's fine it's just i've already did my part as a creator in, in kind of coming up with that conception right because some, basically some people like uh near chris specifically he he didn't even want to edit his videos anymore because he was like i just i'm tired of hearing my own thoughts over and over again when i've already kind of moved on from it you know that my articulation was already done um and i didn't know if like for you you if when your full thing is actually created, if that's when it's like, okay, now I've created something, or if you feel like the whole process is, is just, you know, a nebula of like, I created this and this and this and this or whatnot. Like, um, so yeah, yeah for what I understand though, uh, it, it, it comes from an urge of just wanting to express something on a game. And, uh, ultimately the combining everything and, and showing it to the world, that's when it's officially created. Is that kind of, your take on it yeah because like uh, what you said about uh, near chris and editing i've there may have been like a hot minute where i thought do i still want to edit my videos and then i was like yes i do because it, it this is just my baby and right it's just my personal thing i'm sure someone else could do a much better job in terms of like this area or that area but this is my thing and i really want it to be my own thing even if right. a video takes months to come out or yeah, there's a bit of dead air between videos. I want to make sure that this is my thing. And I just, yeah, I, I just, it's my creation. And I just want to see it through to the end in every right. facet possible. Well, I, that's, that's a very good answer. And I'm glad because I feel like I was getting the question far too confusing than it needed to be. So I'm glad you had a really <laughs> good answer for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, well, we're, we're going to start moving on to some um, uh, uh, questions that I kind of tend to ask every guest around the end, um, which is just... Uh, uh, who was your inspirations when you were going into this, uh, field of video making and, um, what levels of what, from what aspects of their work did you take inspiration from to incorporate into your own? Um, what's your general thoughts on that? Uh, so a lot of my earliest inspirations when it came to video making specifically were, uh, let's see, I want to say like 
Screw Attack and uh, guys like JonTron and the Completionist because they were all doing stuff where, yeah, they were basically just talking about video games. Some guys were just doing it from the luxury of their own home. They were just like regular average Joes. They weren't these big celebrities, but everybody knew who they were and they were getting big numbers. And I was like, I could do that. I really want to talk about this game and this game here in my own way. And it took a while before I think I finally managed to uh, be like totally me. Because I, again, I right. took a lot of inspiration from those guys and like how I formatted things and uh, general speech and editing and things like that. But yeah, those were, those were just two of like my many, th- those are just the two that are coming to the top of my head. But yeah, I, t- I took heavy inspiration from those guys. Right. And um, you feel that uh, by now you've really found your own style though? Like, do you feel less... Um restricted to your previous inspirations yes i would say so just because i mean i'm still doing the thing where it's just some guy in his room just talking about how much he likes this game or talking about how much he dislikes this or what have you but i i feel a lot more comfortable in just being who i am just letting out just uh all my thoughts and if like just like how you to bring it back to the whole narration thing like i don't care if i get loud or quiet a little quiet or i fluctuate in uh, my tone but this is all me and i love i just love it and i'm totally comfortable with it right yeah well and that's good i think it's it's super important to um even though when you're starting now, it might be a good idea to to learn from those around you. You know, eventually you want to take what you can to build your own kind of style and forefront and to remind yourself that a format of a video is just that. It's just a format. It doesn't have to carry on the thoughts of other people. It just has to carry on your own thoughts. And that's the closest thing to a unique idea that you're going to get nowadays, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'm, I'm glad that you feel that you, uh, you've kind of found your own style and... Um, uh, I guess another question I kind of ask that's kind of similar to it is just in general, do you think there's something that is most important to you when it comes to creating? Is there some kind of purpose that you hold on to over the years of like, if anything happens, at least this happens or whether that's just the act of creating itself, scratching that creative itch. you like, I need to scratch that regardless if anyone sees, or is there something kind of bigger, a bigger purpose that you hold on to? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. It's a really heavy question. I'm just trying to find a really heavy answer to it. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, you could take it any direction you want. If, if it's as simple as I am selfish and I want to create something and that's it and I will do whatever I can. I, I mean, that's not selfish. But, you know, it, whatever answer, you know, you feel is, is most honest, basically. Well, the the reason I make videos is because, well, one, I enjoy making the stuff that I do. Other people seem to enjoy it even for depending on, I mean, there's ebbs and flows with how many people see my stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm like, it kind of sounds selfish to say I'm making it for me, but it's like, I want to make this video about this thing that I really like, and I hope other people enjoy the stuff that I talk about, and being being on YouTube and making the videos that I do is a great avenue for me to just ramble on about here's my memories of this or uh here's what i love about this and i try to incorporate as much of my life and experiences 
into just my videos where I'll just talk about an old story that happened when I was a kid or yeah creating stuff has just given me just a great outlet to just to hit like hey here's who I am and uh this is what I do any right. questions I of, of course I'm sure you have a lot of questions but this is any me questions I like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me any questions <laughs> well um yeah I I think uh you know, I, I think that's always a good outlook, though, is to to see it as a sense of of presenting yourself as opposed to, um, you know, obviously trying to reach ranks or increase numbers or whatnot. Uh, having just that personal that the the having yourself drive the ship, basically your personality drive the ship and your uh, need to express yourself. That's always seems like a good foundation for um, any kind of creative outlet, uh, including YouTube. Right. Yeah, um, and I, I, I do it just because I can't imagine doing anything else at the time. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's it's always, uh, you know, it's it really is hard to find something that's similar to YouTube that is so accessible when it comes to being able to just share your personality online, right? Um, the the mix of video, audio, and, and uh, even, even like uh, concepts and community that all is facilitated from YouTube uh that's that's not something to be taken lightly right as much as we want to bash on youtube sometimes there is something really special about that so um mm -hmm. uh, i guess a kind of a caveat question to ask for that then is if you uh weren't doing youtube stuff what kind of creating do you think you would do like what else would kind of scratch that itch basically what would be your second option basically hmm let's see because hmm I've, I've thought about this for a while but I would obviously still be doing a lot of my artwork, still be drawing. Uh, maybe I do like performing on stage or something, but uh, yeah, when, when I do stuff online, it, it, it just, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more comfortable with that. I mean, I, I used sure. to do plays in like high school and things like that, but uh, yeah, again, with the whole not showing my face thing, it's given me so much more uh, freedom to do song covers and uh other things like that but yeah if youtube wasn't here i'd still be finding ways to get creative uh but i i probably have to be a lot less lazy about it <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah i it, it would definitely be an adjustment no matter how you slice it yeah. um all right well uh we are just about out of time here but i do want to ask one more question which is a question i've been asking a lot of people which is um, how have you been creatively dealing with everything that's been going on in 2020? Um, I don't mean to pry into anything in personal, but on a creative level, have you found that um, it has inspired you to create more over the last year? Or uh, in, is, has it been a little bit too daunting to the point where you're creating less? Like, what kind of effect has everything in 2020 had on you, basically? Uh, well, aside from my work output with uh, digital gaming becoming like more and more frequent as of the pandemic, which is crazy, uh, it, things have pretty much been the same for me where like I've, I've never brought up like the topic in my videos. It's just like it's, it's sort of just like an escape for people and just like, yeah, things are just going along as they are. And yeah, it, it really hasn't affected me in any way. If anything, it just makes me want to do more stuff and just right yeah just get get as much done as i can so yeah no, nothing's really changed much on my end be, with the pandemic but i do feel like my stuff has gotten even better with time right right which might have been half which uh you know might not be the the source of 2020 it might have just been yeah. that natural time progression 
But yeah. um, what about on the consumer end? Have you found that you've like been looking for more escapism or uh, have you been watching like less media because you're more focused on working on your own stuff? Like, has there been any change in that particularly? Uh, let's see. When it comes to media, I'm always consuming stuff, but maybe when it comes to just online and just like when it comes to social medias and social media outlets, like I don't use uh, Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. And I barely use Twitter outside of uh, business or just looking at stuff because I feel like I peaked in like 2015 with that stuff. After like 2015, I was like, okay, I'm tired of seeing all these people talk about politics and all these things like that. I just have to stay away from all this. What, like I'm in the prime age when I should be like all over social media and things like that. But I feel like I'm a retired old man when it's just like, yeah. no, I don't even want to look at what's going on. I just want to check my email. If someone got a notification or it's like, oh, hey, a work opportunity or someone reached out to say thank you on my Gmail account. That right. That's basically, yeah, with, t- with age and time, it's just like, no. Nah, I don't have time for this. So right. I don't want to invest time into just being angry at things that I can't control. Yeah. yeah, and it's very much requires you to invest time. Even just to have the slightest involvement in social media, they will find a way to double that involvement that you originally wanted, no matter what. Uh. I, every time I, I check the site just to send out one tweet, I find it will be at least five minutes before I actually send the tweet because I get lost in whatever news is shoved into my face, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, fans of the show will know I'm no, I'm no, I'm not shy of uh, dumping on Twitter quite a bit. But I think my ultimate goal is if I can ever get to a spot creatively where I don't need social media networking specifically, um, then I know I'll have made it. You know, mm-hmm. when I can ditch Twitter uh, and not have it affect um, whatever growth of my, my channel might have then I think that'll be, a, that'll be a good day. I think I'll be more creatively happy that day. But for now, I try to do similar to you. I just try to only use it for, for work and um, you know, occasionally messaging other creators because some creators only like to message on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why, but that's uh-huh. what they do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I applaud you in your efforts of trying to uh, slim down on it as uh, I hope to do one day despite my hypocrisy and crippling addiction. But <laughs> to not end it on a... Uh, on an unhappy note, um, I'm glad that you're still finding yourself creative, hef- uh, healthy, even with everything going on over the last year. And um, obviously, your work is just continuing to improve. And uh, I don't imagine that's going to fall short anytime soon in the future. I so, hope not. <laughs> uh, good job on that. And uh, with that, I think we're just about done with this podcast. So if you would like to uh, kind of let everyone know where they can find you, what kind of stuff you're working on. Maybe not so much in a timely matter because who knows when this is coming out, but just in general, where can people find you and your work? Uh, well, you can find me at uh, The Cartoon Gamer. I go by The Cartoon Gamer on YouTube. Uh, I got a Facebook page. I got a Twitter page as well. And uh, yeah, just look for the smiling Pikachu. And uh, I'm working on, well, like you said, this is going to be a while before it comes out in full, but. I'm always working on something. I'm probably working on a digital gaming right now. I'll just say that because by the time this comes out, I'll probably still be doing that. And I'll probably be working on some other videos of my own and a bunch of other creative outlets. Like you'll probably see some of my drawings on uh, Twitter as well. So uh, I hope you like what you see. I try to keep everything nice and inviting, family friendly. And yeah, I hope you enjoy if you choose to follow me. I'm quite certain everybody who chooses to follow you will enjoy it, uh, and I appreciate you very much for uh, 
taking time out of your day to be here on the podcast. It's uh, it's <laughs> very much appreciative. Um, and I'm also appreciative to all you out there watching and supporting. Thank you so much for watching and supporting. Uh, if you guys would like to check out these podcasts, we now have them on Apple and Spotify and every other podcasting app. And you can find a link to that in the description. Um, and of course, if you'd ever like to see anything that we were talking about in a more condensed form, these will be uploaded into highlights on my YouTube channel, which you can find in the description as well. And uh, with that, I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. So, so long. Bye.